Welcome to episode 71 of the Amanda Wagner podcast, the place for fiercely ambitious entrepreneurs and leaders who want to get off the sidelines, build a legacy and claim their spotlight. And in the case of today's episode, people who want to make some money. In this episode, we are talking all about pricing. I am vibrating on my seat with excitement. And we are going to talk about how we can pull certain levers to adjust our income, the risks and benefits that come with that. And I'm going to share how I talk to my clients when it comes to talking about money and pricing, because it's very challenging. And finally, I'm going to share a simple but incredibly effective tool that you can download from theamandawagner.com. It is much like something you'd have in elementary school to help track your progress in a very visual way. I'm Amanda Wagner, a business strategist, coach, and professional speaker. And I'm Liz Pittman, a digital communications specialist. The Amanda Wagner podcast is the place for ambitious leaders and entrepreneurs who are done shopping for shortcuts, no longer waiting for an invitation to do what they want, and are ready to claim their spotlight. On this podcast, we talk about the challenges and triumphs of ambition and bravery, living thoughtfully and strategically in a noisy world, and share our experiences as entrepreneurs with big ambition. I have to start by saying that pricing is hard. If you have ever tried to price a service or a product or something brand new, you will know that this is incredibly challenging. Good news, you are not alone. If somebody finds pricing incredibly easy, please come and show me how it's done. Even though it is one of my favorite things to talk about, that doesn't mean that it's simple. And often when people come to me to talk about pricing, I pull out my notebook, I pull out my calculator. I don't have a magic formula. What I do instead is ask a ton of questions. And from there, we start piecing together what pricing looks like. So first, this idea of pulling certain levers. I do a lot of work with entrepreneurs, but I also will work with people who have traditional jobs or who are paying employees a particular salary. So that idea of a fixed versus a variable income, it makes a difference. I will share with you that yesterday, my wonderful, loving husband got his car towed because he did not pay his parking tickets. As you can imagine, I'm not thrilled by the idea. But I was very kind and very generous when I got the text that said, don't panic, but I think El Dente has been towed. And for those of you who don't know me, El Dente is the name of our little car because it has a giant dent on the roof. So I did not panic, but where my brain instantly went on my drive to pick him up and go pick up our car was that I have the flexibility, I have the maybe even luxury of running into things like this and going, hmm, if I need to pull a lever and make some extra money to pay for this toe, I can do that. I can put my foot on the gas pedal a little bit harder and I can make the extra 250 bucks to pay for that toe. People with a fixed income don't always have that luxury unless they get a second job. They find another way to claw back on some of their expenses. 
I just want to take a moment to acknowledge that even though pricing is incredibly hard, we definitely have control. And at the very least, we have some influence over how we make money, how much we make, and what it looks like for us to adjust what we offer. So the idea that we can pull different levers, I find incredibly freeing. Yes, it's scary, but it was a real moment of, hey, I could pay off this toe if I put out an Instagram that I'm accepting new clients. If I go back to past clients and say, do you want to do a touch up on X, Y, Z? Or would you like to meet about this and this and this? I have the power to do that. So even though the actual pricing is hard, the ability to make money is not fixed. We have influence. So now that that is out of the way, and I'm clearly not resentful or grouchy about the car being towed, now we can talk about pricing. So when clients come to me and I say, I need help with pricing, what I will tell you is that 98% of the time, my advice will be, we need to raise your prices. Oftentimes when people come to talk about pricing, it's because they don't necessarily know their industry. And we exist in a weird space where, especially if you are selling a service, graphic design, photography, coaching, social media, any sort of professional development, training, or speaking, it doesn't have a formula. Take the price that it costs for you to make it or bring it in and then double it. We don't have that luxury. So when I talk about knowing the industry, it demands that we do a little bit of research and people love this idea, but there's also some hesitancy. We're also afraid to copy other people. And I think our, our fear of copying other people is that we're going to be found out. I'm very straightforward as far as intellectual property goes, and I'm not suggesting we steal from somebody else, but we need a sense of industry standard. What are other people charging? And from there, we can adjust. Do I charge more? Do I charge less? We look at our experience. We look at what we offer. When it comes to looking at other people, I am not suggesting that you pull somebody's service and price off their website, copy and paste and put it on your own. Instead, what I'm suggesting is that you gather some data. And part of gathering data is that you need to find people who are willing to share. So when we talk about pricing, there's two things I like to have in my back pocket. Number one, it's having done some research. It's spending some time. In my case, I look up speakers in Alberta. I don't just limit it to Edmonton, I look at Alberta. And the second piece is finding somebody else that I can talk about it with. Maybe they're a speaker, maybe they're not, but somebody who has a sense of this industry. I had a very explicit conversation with somebody in a safe environment who also does speaking. And I put it out there, she was talking about a speaking gig she just had, she mentioned that it was quite lucrative. And I said, do you mind me asking what you invoiced for? And here's my reason. It wasn't just because I'm nosy. Yes, I'm nosy. But it was because I wanted to make sure she and I were kind of on par. And when she said her number, my first instinct was, A, she shared with me, this is fantastic. B, let me share back with you what I charged for my last one. And see, 
let's figure out how we can be in alignment with each other. Now, if you've ever listened to this podcast before, you know that I am not here to be the most inexpensive speaker and business strategist on the planet. That's not my game. It's not what I'm trying to do. Instead, by having this conversation, I wanted to make sure that she and I weren't undercutting each other. So for example, if I'm $8,000 and she's $2,000, there's a big gap there. Not only do I want the $2,000 person to make more money, but I don't want to look like I'm completely out to lunch with an $8,000 price tag. I find that when people make decisions based on price alone, it's a race to the bottom. So while we want those prices to be in line and want to find somebody that we can talk to about it or do some research about it, it's not just because we're copying them. It's not because we want to prove that we're doing better or worse than somebody else. It's because we want to present a more balanced set of options to our audiences. So when it comes to to pricing, I recommend doing some research and finding somebody that you can talk openly about it. That also demands that you think bigger than yourself. Because if I only thought about myself and my skill level and my education, I would probably charge a lot less. Because it's so quick to simply go, I don't have enough experience and not be able to answer when you will have enough experience either. I don't have enough degrees. I don't have enough credentials. I've never been paid for this before. So how the hell do I have the right to be paid for this? We have to think bigger than who we are and where we are at this moment. This We've had this conversation when we've talked about people applying for jobs. It's the exact yes. same mentality. You see a job posting. It's something you really want, but you think, oh, I don't know. I don't have enough experience. Throw your resume in that pile anyway. It's a very similar mentality here. And related to job postings, one of those places that you can go for data are job postings in the industry. This is becoming more and more of a thing. Thank goodness that salaries are being posted on job listings. So that's another place that you can start just to start looking to see what's the standard uh, in the space right now. I love this. And you're right with job posting, there is so much conversation happening about how some people see it as incredibly toxic when an employer won't post the salary. And for many employees, it can look like a red flag. There was even a billboard Uh, I drove past it yesterday and it said, employees don't need pizza parties. They need benefits. I was like, hell yeah. Like that company's got something to say and I love it. So if we're looking in the right places, we can find that. So I think that's a, a really thoughtful idea. Liz, I came to you when it came to blog post writing. I had been asked to write a custom blog and I just came to you and said, Hey, I know you do this. What's the industry standard? I didn't come to you because I wanted to step on your toes. I'm not here to compare with you. I'm here so that I don't price myself completely wrong, lower or higher, and then risk my reputation as well as the reputation of others in the industry. When it comes to pricing, you will find that part of the conversation I have with you will be technical. We will do some math because math doesn't lie. But part of it will also be about results for our clients. What are you actually providing? 
What is the potential of what you are offering? And considering specific things. If something is measurable, if something is trackable. So for example, when it comes to speaking, some people can look at a speaking fee and go, whoa, you're getting paid that for a 90 minute speaking gig? Forgetting that it's 10 years of experience and working and building up this expertise so that I can prepare something in a clear and concise way. It's also the work leading up to it in terms of planning and doing a slide deck and making sure that ideas work in a way that focus on objectives. But it's also taking into account how many people can I impact during this time? So if I'm speaking to a group of 60 people, what's the potential if each of those 60 people can get one takeaway in those 90 minutes? When we talk about value, that is where I dig in. And a couple of the questions that I will ask are things like, what are the results that people are getting? How many people will be able to be impacted? What it, I'll look at the cost per person sometimes. We can also talk, frankly, about how much you need to or want to make. And that's the area that I am most on my tiptoes about talking about. Because some people try to make it very simple. And they will say, okay, you want to make $80,000 a year? Let's work backwards. 80,000, let's say you take four weeks of vacation, so a month, we'll take $80,000, we'll divide it by 11, that means you need to make $7,272 a month. And that's one way to do it. But that doesn't necessarily mean that it's done. We have to figure out how to do that. We also have to acknowledge that some businesses have seasons. I work with many creatives. I can tell you with confidence that right now, as we are recording at the end of September, photographers are in the thick of it. With the changes in seasons, back to school photos and getting family photos for holiday cards, this is the season to be a photographer. They are incredibly in demand. They are incredibly overwhelmed. And come January, it can be crickets. Not for everyone, but that's the seasonality of this business. So as much as we can look at that $7,272 number, we might also acknowledge that that number might be 1,000 in January, and it might be 30,000 in October. So we can start with those numbers as a baseline, but it's also looking at the bigger picture. So I, I know some people say, I wanna make this, so here's what I have to make a month. And I get that, I understand the logic, but we also have to look at what levers you can pull at what time. I am an advocate of a price increase once, if not twice a year to account for your own expertise, your own efficiency, your own growth. I will tell you that when I first started coaching and it was $125 an hour, I was offering solo sessions and I had never explicitly been a business coach before. It took me a while to realize that I've actually been using these skills in multiple ways. I'm just calling it something different. So my rate has increased 
significantly, but I'm also more efficient at what I can do. It might not take us six hours to get to the root of something. Maybe we can do it in two. And that's where part of our price increase comes from. So we've talked about doing your research. We've talked about thinking bigger than yourself, looking at your industry. And we've talked about finding a person that can help you with this, that you can talk to about it, that you can have really honest pricing conversations that live and die in the Zoom room that you have them. Now, one other piece that I want to talk about is this idea of time and money and how they relate to each other. Just this morning, I explained to somebody this idea that there are three things that you can get as a client. You can get a project that is well done. You can get a project that is done really quickly. And you can get a project that's done for the least amount of money, the most inexpensive one. But a client can only pick two. If you want a project that is well done and fast, you're going to pay a lot for it. If you want a project that is well done and inexpensive, it's going to take a long time. And if you want a project that is done really quickly and is inexpensive, the quality is not going to be there. So when you look at that equation as an entrepreneur, as somebody who's designing a service or a product, you get to see where you want to fall. For me, I'm okay being expensive because I provide high quality work with typically really quick turnarounds. That's really important to me. So if you're looking for the cheapest option, it's not going to be me. But that's the piece of the, the equation that I like to operate in. Now, how time relates to this, not just in terms of speed of the work turnaround, but it's also your own time. Oftentimes, people who work for themselves or leaders in a, in a corporate environment, we have a fair amount of flexibility, Right. That might mean that we are the people who get the first call when something needs to be picked up quickly. Or we are the person who can run out and grab something in the middle of the day. Or we are the person who can stand in the passport line because we don't have a traditional job. We can go to the passport office at six o'clock in the morning on a Tuesday. And sometimes, but not always, Sometimes we can be taken advantage of. And that happens when we don't set boundaries on our time. I don't want to be as simplistic as to say time is money. And if we don't put boundaries on our time, other people are going to eat into it. Because it's really easy for us to say yes. It's really easy for me to be, to be the one that picks up cat food this afternoon. But at what cost? And that's where money comes into it. It's not just that my time is money and I'm, I'm a lawyer and I'm hitting the clock every second that I work. That's not what it is. No shade to lawyers intended at all. What I mean is that when I set boundaries on my time, I also need to teach other people how to treat me. And that's a Dr. Phil-ism for you out there. When we teach people how to treat us, we teach them what we value. And like I said, for me, I value work that is well done and I can have a quick turnaround often. 
that's what's most important to me. And I want to make sure that they get the highest results, which means that it's going to be at a higher price point. One of the examples that I always use when I talk about value is talking about our family of brands, Gap, Banana Republic, and Old Navy. If you've ever paid full price at the Gap, you're doing it wrong. If you've ever been to Old Navy and you haven't had 30% off, you're doing it wrong. And even Banana Republic, which is considered the higher end of the three brands, if you sign up for their email, on Wednesdays, they send an email coupon where you can get 40% off one item. If clothes are not your thing, think about Michael's. If you've ever paid full price at Michael's, you're doing it wrong, right? You go to that craft store with that app loaded up with that 40% off one item coupon. These brands have all taught us to shop with a discount. Are their prices adjusted for that? Probably. But do we walk out of the gap feeling like we got an awesome deal on our jeans? Yes, we do. Because that's the value that they offer. They are teaching us to shop with a discount always. Now we have an opportunity as people who determine our own prices to figure out what that looks like for us. How do I want people to treat me? So again, I can do the equation of, I want to make $60,000 a year, which means that I need to make $5,000 a month for 12 months. That's part of it. But what I also need to sit back and do is to think about this equation of, what do I want to offer? How do I want people to treat me? And if I want people to treat me a certain way, how do I make sure that I deliver on it? I happen to work with many people who are in rural areas or who are not in a major city. And I love having pricing conversations with them because I can look at somebody who is charging a certain price and I can instantly show them five examples of something in the city that is at least double the price. Now, I don't do this to shame them or make fun of them. That's absolutely not my point. My point is also not to say everyone needs to charge the same. But often I will hear some of the yeah, buts. Yeah, but they're in the city. I go, okay, do you want people to treat your product or service that happens to exist outside of the urban center as less than? And I've never had a person say, yes, I want to be treated as though my product is less than. And so when we're talking about things like geography and pricing, again, do your research and do your research thinking beyond yourself. I have a very simple tool. So this tool that I am making available to you at the amandawagner.com slash blog is called Make That Money Honey. And it's a reminder that money is more than just the number in your bank account. When we're talking about money, we're talking about opportunity and money gives us the resources so that we can do things and have things and really think about the resources that are available. Now in this tracker, each dollar bill is laid out and you decide the value of each bill. There are a hundred bills on this page. So if each bill is worth $500, this page is worth 50 grand. 
If you use $1,000 per bill, this page is worth $100,000. Each bill can be worth $10 if you like. If you want to color them in, go for it. The idea is to sit back and actually track the money that's coming in so that you have your own proof and progress. Some people like to put a date on when they're making this money. And some people like to make each bill amount worth how much you would typically charge one person. So if you are charging somebody in increments of $50, let's make each bill worth $50. The idea is that instead of just looking at your bank account, you have a visual. Think about filling in that thermometer at a fundraiser. You have something on your desk that is proof of what you are doing. Midway through, I'm going to challenge you to note the date and reflect what's going to keep you building momentum towards your next milestone. And of course, I'm going to ask you how you're going to celebrate. I think that we celebrate far too little and it is absolutely worth planning that from the beginning, some type of carrot for you, because part of pricing is also talking about why this money is valuable to us. What decisions does it help us make? What does it let us have more of or less of in our lives? I am ecstatic to say that just last week, I had a client reach out to me and say, I filled up my page. I'm printing a new one. And that's a big deal because this person set a big goal and said, I want to fill out this page by the end of the year. And by the middle of September, the page was full. So this is available for you to download and print. Uh, keep a copy. I find it incredibly motivating. If at any point it's depressing, you don't have to use it. Not everybody works in terms of dollars, but I want to emphasize that if you do work in terms of dollars, if that motivates you and there's that intrinsic piece of this keeps me going, then use it. And a reminder that I always give people when I talk about pricing, whether I am on stage or one-on-one -on -one with a client, wanting to make money doesn't make you an asshole. You're not a jerk because you want to make a living wage and beyond. In fact, by making money, you're able to contribute to the world around you. You are able to make big decisions and you're able to use your resources in a thoughtful way and nobody gets to judge what that looks like. So there's nothing wrong with making money. Um, as I'm sure you can tell, money and pricing is something I love to talk about. Liz, I really just stole the show. Would you like to add anything? <laughs> I was just really enjoying sitting here and listening. This is the Amanda Wagner podcast and you were the star as you should be. I know this is your favorite thing to talk about. So I just kind of, you know, basked in your glow for a little while. I just, I think this is a good reminder. Uh, when I started my business, I don't, I, as a rule, don't look back at old invoices that I sent when my business started, because I know for a fact, uh, they were way too small. So I just don't do that anymore. I've, I'm in a better place. I'm charging appropriately. But I think that this was still a really good reminder about value and or encouraging people to treat you the way that you deserve to be treated uh, in relation to how much you charge. So just thanks, AW. This was lovely. <laughs> I'm going to ask you a personal question, Liz. Sure. In the last six months or whatever time frame of this year works for you, has somebody said no to a proposal of yours? Yes. 
brilliant. How do you feel about that? Fine. That didn't used to be my answer, but I feel fine now because I know they turned me down because I was too expensive and I'm okay with that because I'm okay with how much I charge because I know what I offer and they're not my, they're not my people if they're not willing to spend that much. Thank you. Thank you. I say that because I remember reading this and it feeling so counterintuitive five years ago when I started the premise is that you want to hear a no every once in the once in a while, because if all you're getting is yes, 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 yes. And a, you're getting tons of work and you're probably overwhelmed and B you might not be producing the best quality work because you have so much happening. That's a sign that it's time to raise your prices, especially now that you and I have been in this for an extended period of time. You can say, yes, I've had something rejected and I'm okay. Because I know in the beginning, the temptation is to take anything that comes our way. And I get it. I have done that. And if you need to pay for your car being towed, you will do whatever it takes. And if you're always getting yes after yes, it's time to look at your prices. That's a good sign that it's time to re-examine things. If you are feeling resentful of your clients, it's also a good time to look at your pricing. So there are some indicators that it might be time to have this discussion. I really want to keep digging into pricing. We will continue to talk about money. Um, But what I really want is I want to see these charts. I want to see people printing it off, come to me to celebrate. Please send me a DM on Instagram or hit me up through my website. I will absolutely celebrate your wins with you. And I find that the more we talk about money and the more we talk about pricing, the more comfortable we can get with it. And these are conversations that I think we need more of. So on that note, final time, hit up the amandawagner.com slash blog and download your make that money honey chart. I cannot wait to see what you create with it. And I'm actually going to go print off my own because I'm now making it a race against time of how can I finish my year strong? If this conversation has you fired up and you want to talk pricing, if it has you with your tail between your legs because you are freaking terrified of talking money and pricing, or if you're somebody who said, I'm going to make this my year and you're feeling like you haven't yet done that, Come my way. Find me on Instagram at the Amanda Wagner or reach me on my website at theamandawagner.com. And I would love to talk about some private business coaching and strategy work. And if you are looking for some help with your social media or digital communications so you can focus on the things that make you money, reach out to me. Uh, you can visit my website, lizpitman.com, or find me on Instagram at lizpitman. We will be back in two weeks with another episode. I cannot believe that we are past our 70th episode. Big props to us. This is three years going strong. And of course, episode 75, much like episode 25 and 50, will be our final for the year where we wrap up. Liz asked me some great questions and we do some reflecting on the year. Time is ticking till the end of the year, but we will be back in two weeks with that next episode. Until then, we will see you on the internet.
that a person who wants to be the cheapest option? No, I think that would freak me out. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. like, I just, I, I definitely get deer in headlights. Yeah. I'm like, do you want to be the cheapest? You're like, well, no. I'm like, okay, good. Now let's start this conversation. 